coming in as Bloom. Millendike centered it. Talk with Pat Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are underway this hour. It is Thursday, December 21st. Let's get it going with Wes Gilbertson at Post Media. My name is Pat Steinberg. Welcome to the Sports Drive brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a few more shows before a little Flames Talk Christmas break, including this one. And it's time to go inside hockey. And we're going to have fun for the rest of the hour. Inside hockey for Calgary Co-op. It's that time to stock up for the celebrations that matter with ingredients that help make memories. Visit Calgary Co-op where life's in store. Haven't done a Flames Talk mailbag with Wes since the summertime, I don't think. Uh, we did them lots in the summertime. We do them less in season, but here We're we are. Due. We're due. We are absolutely due. It's been a couple weeks. This is our final open hour, like full open hour before the Christmas break in the NHL. So we figured, let's do a Flamestock mailbag. Get your questions in at 960-960. Uh, get your name on it if you want some credit for your um, very, very thought-provoking question, query, or comment. Um, so if you want to throw your name on it, it's do that as well. We'll make sure to credit who sent the text in, uh, the way this usually works. We have a few already and, uh, then they just pile in as we go through. So, um, usually if you get them in earlier, you've got a better chance of a longer response and uh, a longer chunk of time. And then by the end, they're coming in every 20 seconds and then we don't get to as many and we got to go more rapid fire through them. So there's your tip. You ready to rock and roll? Never been more ready. Uh, let's start here. Here's a fun one. How about using Connor Zary and or Martin Pospisil in shootouts? Or as the text came in, because there was person, I applaud you for driving and, and not texting, using voice to text, but it reads, how about using Connor, comma, Zari and or Papa's cell on shootouts? Yeah, take dad's cell phone and uh, see if that helps you. I know what you're trying to say. Zeri or Pospisil in shootouts. Going back to Calgary's 0 for 4 uh, inability to score in shootouts. They have one human being who scored a shootout goal this year. His name is Yegor Sharangovich. Everybody else And is we don't even it. know if he's human. Well, in shootouts, he doesn't look it, like no, it. No, doesn't look that way. I, so, important to note, they have tried Connor Zeri twice. He is 0 for 2 at the NHL level in the shootout. I think auditions are open, and I'm sure Ryan Huska was paying very close attention in the shootout competition that they had yesterday at the end of practice, although I don't think eventual winner Dennis Gilbert has necessarily muscled his way into the rotation. But, uh, yeah, but I'd have nothing against trying Martin Pospisil, and I certainly believe that they should stick with Connor's area as a guy that, based on who's going that night, they consider. Just want to point out that Zary's had a couple opportunities and no dice so far. Uh, there's a uh, there's a there's a few things there. I'm all for trying anybody. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see Rasmus Anderson go back to being. Like, remember last year, he had a couple really dynamic shootout attempts. Like, let, let me see those again. 
I think he's had one he had this year. He a couple year. greasy ones, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, like, sure did. Who is number four here? Uh, this year, I think he's had one or two attempts this year. They've been more pedestrian. We know there's more skill there, so I'd like to see them maybe think about Rasmus again, but tell them, Rasmus, be greasy. Like let, Let's do something that uh, you can smirk and chirp about afterwards. Um, I get why they go Huberdeau, and the biggest reason why they go Huberdeau is his career numbers. Uh, he's by far the best career on the team, um, veteran-wise when it comes to shootouts, but I think right now, 0 for 4, Confidence waning. I might, I might hesitate on that for the next couple of shootouts. You have your guaranteed in Sharon Govich, and then yeah, if they were to go Zary, I'd I'd be interested in seeing Coleman if he's having a good game. Coleman's riding a seven game point streak right now. I, I think they've got all kinds of options. I like the way you put it. Aud- auditions are open. Yeah, they have to be at this point. I don't. I'm trying to think off the top of my head. I don't think we've seen. Captain Michael Backlund in the shootout so far this season, like start rolling through. Yeah. I believe Backlund scored once in his career in a shootout and it was last season. Yeah. So not great. I know, I know the history is not great there, but you know, as you go through this season, you've got a bunch of guys staring at Ofer. And so it's time to give some other guys a try. Uh, this says, are the Flames still in LTIR or are they back to accruing cap space? Cap friendly shows 4.349 in current space and only 3.8 in LTIR. Pike. So I, uh, I saw this text prior to us kicking this hour off. So I went right to the source, the gentleman who wrote the CBA, uh, Ryan Pike. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Edited the Sorry, CBA. Sorry, edited the CBA and yeah. interprets it. You know how Ed, like... By the way... Could we get a round of applause for Piker scooping a Spengler Cup roster? Got it before. Got it before Darren Drager got off it. The AHL transactions page today, Piker, your commitment is unbelievable. I don't know if there's a human being on earth who hits refresh. On that's got to be a favorite on what like on his tap. The AHL site's got to be a favorite, and I credit him for it. Absolutely, um, we co- we get a lot of good tidbits from Piker. According to Pike. Um, they are indeed, I knew they were accruing cap space again, but I couldn't explain it. Um, so this is from Pike. Uh, they are $549,000 below their ACSL. So they're saving about $2,800 per day. So they are accruing cap space again. I go, what? I go, WTF is ACSL. Literally, I go, WTF is ACSL, LOL. So there were three acronyms in one sentence. Uh, ACSL is accruable cap space limit, and it has to Duh. do with that. That's, that's, it gets complicated, but long answer confirmed. Sorry, long story with a short answer is that, yes, the Flames are accruing LTIR and have been um, for a little bit here since they sent guys back to the American League. Since Markstrom came off IR and Solovyov and Wolf went back to the American League, they've been accruing cap space ever since. And eventually they'll start accruing more when Jacob Pelche comes back in. Um, so, and if Oliver Shillington does decide to return at some point this year, that will help them accrue more cap space, so on and so forth. Wes, his eyes are glazing over. Let's move on. Uh, Jer from Okotoks on the Flamestock mailbag. Um, here's another one. Wes might pass out. I'm curious if the Flames trade uh, and acquire a first-round pick, does that change any of the conditions in the Monaghan-Montreal deal? Ooh, 
That's a good question. I do not believe. I, honest, I don't think it will. I do not believe so, but I, I could not say with certainty. I, I don't see why it would, but I am. Good question, Jer. Good question, Jer. I'm too dumb to know that answer. Jer, you should text Pike. You know what? You should text Tree. I'll give you Tree's number or something in the break. Uh, I don't know if he's changed it since going to Toronto. Pro- He's definitely changing it after you start giving it out during breaks. <laughs> you know what? I'll just give it out right now. It's a 403. Um, okay. Uh, so, Jer, I wish I had a better answer for you. Yeah, sorry about that, Jer. I don't think so, though. Uh, Dylan says, I've heard lots of rumors about Lindholm going to the Avalanche in a package deal that includes Byram. How do you guys feel about getting a guy like that, knowing his injury history? And what's the over-under on Calgary playing down to the Ducks and losing on Thursday? Uh, happy holidays to all you losers. That comes from Dylan. Love you too, bud. Um, on the on the front about Anaheim, I don't know. I don't understand how anybody actually thinks the Flames are getting Byram in a trade. And I'm, I'm not... I'm not trying to be flippant or rude when I say that. The Colorado Avalanche are trying to win a Stanley Cup this season. Bowen Byram plays in their top four and is one of their three most important defensemen right now. They are not subtracting Bowen Byram. I I would be stunned anyway if they were to subtract Bowen Byram from their roster in trying to acquire a player like Elias Lindholm. That would be my, and if that were to be the case, and my read on it's wrong, I'd be the first to tell you that it's wrong. That comes from no inside information, just what I believe the Avalanche are trying to accomplish. Winning a Stanley Cup, and Byram is a clear top four player on that team. If the Flames could acquire Bowen Byram in any trade, I would make it. Like I would feel... 10 out of 10 ecstatic for the Flames if they were to get a stud like Bowen Byram, who I would think would be a no-questions-ass top-pairing defenseman on most teams in the NHL that don't have players named Kale McCarr, Devon Taves, Miro Haskinen, Adam Fox, and players like that. Bowen Byram is a borderline number one talent right now, and to me, I think at the age of 22, is on most teams' top pairings. So, I don't think there's any way Colorado's given him up in a deal that might be a rental involving a player like Elias Lindholm. If they were okay with it, and my read on that's wrong, then I am salivating over that if I'm Craig Conroy. I do not worry. Or or it's not that I don't worry. It's just that the injury history is what it is. There have been plenty of guys who have had a lot of injuries early and turn into very durable NHLers. And my opinion of Bowen Byram is through the roof. So I don't think there's any way the Flames are getting him. But if I'm wrong on that, I'm all for a deal that includes him. I don't know how much I can add on this one because I, I just spent the last two and a half minutes nodding in agreement. I <laughs> I have not seen the Bowen Byram rumors myself. And when I, I saw the question come in from Dylan, I was quite frankly a little bit flabbergasted to hear that. I... I I would consider Bowen Byram to be not far from untouchable for the Colorado Avalanche based on his age, based on his current contract, and based on the type of player he not only already is, but is blossoming into it at, quite frankly, a fairly rapid rate. And so the Colorado Avalanche... I absolutely understand the appeal of Elias Lindholm. They, they've tried to maybe Band-Aid solution that second-line center role since Nazem Kadri left, and it hasn't worked for them. 
I understand the appeal of Elias Lindholm, who would be a terrific compliment to Nathan McKinnon as your first and second line centers. But even if it comes with an extension, I'm not sure you could get Bowen Byram in that return package. Yep. I, I just think I'm not sure Elias Lindholm, and I, I think quite highly of Elias, as I think all our listeners know, I don't know that Elias Lindholm gets you any closer to hoisting the Stanley Cup than having Bowen Byram is. Like, I, I'm not sure if you yeah. add Lindholm and subtract Byram, I don't think you're closer to sipping from the Stanley Cup than you were. I, I honestly don't. That kind of keeps and you. That's the same how highly level. I think of Bowen Byram. And and he's playing twenty plus minutes this season. And that's just a it. night. Like I, I just I I I understand that they're going to be in a spot where they need to extend him, but they don't care about that in the early months of 2024. They don't care. They're looking to win a Stanley Cup. They're trying to do two and three. They're trying, like the Avalanche are very unconcerned. Not that they're unconcerned, but like Joe Sackick's number one priority is doing everything he can to make his team a cup contender in the spring of 2024. And taking Bowen Byram away from his roster is not helping that, even if you do bring in a great fit like Elias Lindholm. Yeah, I, I just don't think he, he's a realistic target. No. I, I think you'd be looking like maybe you're looking at a, a Sam Malinsky, you know, a, another young defenseman in the Avalanche pipeline or or someone like that as part of that return package. He's, he's certainly not on the same level as Bowen Byram, but you just, you're not plucking a top four guy away from a contender, especially when they don't have a top four replacement yep. waiting yep. in the wings. Uh, this says, you wonder if they're in the playoffs come trade deadline. Do they keep their UFAs and those become their rental players? This is the, this is the biggest question surrounding this club and the way they're playing right now. Is it not? I mean, this is, and sorry, who'd that text come from? Was there a name on Uh, that one? That's, uh, from, um, Billy in, um, Billy in Highwood. No, there's no name on the text. This this is a conundrum that even I remember standing at the Flames charity golf tournament at, at Country Hills and Craig Conroy was asked about this. My colleague Danny Austin asked Craig Conroy, well, what do you do if you still have these guys unsigned and, and you're sitting in a playoff spot? And, and he said that that would be the hardest decisions I'd have to make. I I believe regardless of where they're sitting, they have to do right by the long-term future of this team. Because while I'm impressed by what we've seen from this group of Calgary Flames, while I love the work ethic and I love the resilience, I think you're kidding yourself if you think that this is a team in the upper echelon. Can they give most teams a scare with a strong effort on any given night? Sure. Do you like them in a seven-game series against one of the heavyweights in the Western Conference? I sure don't. And that's no knock on the Calgary Flames, but that's where they are as an organization. So if we're talking about them being in a playoff spot around the deadline, we're talking about them probably being in the last wild card. Yeah. Right? They're going to be a team that if they're in that mix, they're fighting right until the last days of the season. And I think if you risk losing three really important assets for nothing to chase the last wild card. I just don't think for a team that needs to restock 
that it makes any sense long term. I don't have. I'm very similar to when you said. I was just not. I I agree wholeheartedly. If I I can tell you that if that were to be their tact, if they're fighting for a wild card spot or in the fringes of a Pacific Division playoff spot, and they let the trade deadline pass without trading those three guys and they're unsigned. I would be hyper, hyper critical of them. I just don't see it happening. I fully believe Craig Conroy is prepared to move them regardless of where things sit in the standings if they're not signed. And I fully believe that he's got the full autonomy and sign-off to be able to do that as well. So I, I, I honestly... I don't worry about it because I fully believe that is the tack they are going to take. I do not think you will have one of those three names unsigned past the deadline. And if that were to be the case and I were wrong on that read, I'd be super critical of it because I just don't think they should. I I don't think there is any way that you should put yourself in a position where you are risking and taking a very high, high risk of losing any one of those players for nothing. And I don't think they will. Right, because we just finished talking about the Colorado Avalanche being a team that's not really looking past June because they believe they're in that championship window. Not just they believe they're in that window. They've shown us they're in that window. The Calgary Flames have shown us they're not in a championship window. And so to take the sort of risks a championship team would take, it just doesn't... They're they're not at a point it makes sense. I, I'm with you. I, I'd be very critical of Craig Conroy's decision-making if that's the route he chooses to go. Uh, This from Shubes, who says, I'm curious what happens when the Flames call up a goalie from the Wranglers. Who gets called up to the Wranglers, and where did the chain of call-ups stop? So, a couple of things. First of all, if they were to trade a goalie at the NHL level, Dustin Wolf would then come up to the NHL level. Uh, and then Connor Murphy would be the guy that would join the AHL team. Uh, we've already seen Murphy recalled to the American League from Rapid City in the ECHL multiple times this year. Every time Wolf's been called up to the NHL, Murphy's gone from the coast to the AHL, and that would be the case again. He just got his first AHL game over the weekend. Um, I know that they think that they 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 signed a couple of goalies in the offseason, uh, Matt Radomski and Connor Murphy. They're both playing in Rapid City in the ECHL, so there would not be another recall from there. Um, it would just be Murphy to the AHL. It would then become Radomski's net in, in the ECHL, and then they'd put somebody else in there with him. Um, so that would be the, the chain of call-ups if, if slash when a spot gets opened up on the flames. Yeah. And Connor Murphy's a a sort of guy that they, I guess, think has some unpolished potential. He's a 25 year old played at union college. He'd be the guy who would move up to the AHL. Although, you know, I think they'd immediately be looking to add some goaltending depth at that point too. You want more guys in your organization that you feel like could pinch hit in the NHL if you need to. You're not gonna spend out the yin yang to get them, but you want, you know, you want some depth there. Yeah. 
A few more texts here at 960-960 for a quick pause on our Flames Talk mailbag, which is rolling right now. Text in at 960-960 if you would like to uh, chime in on our Flames Talk mailbag. Uh, We'd love to have you. Uh, This from Roger, who says, I think they need to keep Tanev and re-sign him unless they get an amazing offer. He is too important. He's too important to the young players. Am I wrong? Uh, He is important to the young players. He would have high value if they opted to re-sign him and he opted to re-sign here. I, I think there would be high value in keeping him. Question is, what's the higher value? The value and, and some of the intangibles and kind of intrinsic value of keeping him or the raw assets you could get in a trade? And we don't know the answer to that question yet, but I think that's a big-time debate. Chris Tanev's got some years ahead of him still, but isn't he a guy that you'd love to see go get a chance to play for a contender on a playoff run? It isn't Chris Tanev a guy who hockey fans could appreciate on, on a more national and international level with the way he plays as an addition to a contending team at the deadline? Like I, I just think the world of Chris Tanev and you're right. the the second you send that fax in saying we've traded Chris Tanev to X team for X return, you're looking to replenish so many things. You're looking to replenish his minutes. You're looking to replenish his leadership. You're looking to replenish that calming presence. You you can't replace Chris Tanev, but the potential value he could bring in a trade, unless you're sure that you can keep him, and even then unless you're sure that that's the the right move for a team in transition. I I just, I I know it's out there, but I I have a hard time seeing Chris Tanev in a Flames jersey beyond the trade deadline. And as much as you miss him short term, I think that might be the right thing for both sides. It's Pat and Wes. Uh, This is our Flames Talk mailbag. If you're listening live, text now, 960-960. As we're inside hockey for Calgary Co-op, Flames fans, meet Cal and Gary. Top products curated for Calgarians, and we mean every single one of you. Only available at Calgary Co-op. Visit them today. You're locked on Flames Talk. Only on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Steinberg, Wes Gilbertson along with you as this Thursday edition of Flames Talk continues. Flames Talk mailbag continues. Get your questions in if you're listening live at 960-960. Hey, Porsche Center Calgary has new inventory in stock. There's a great mix of all models, including Taycan, Cayenne, Macan, and even some sports cars. Porsche Center Calgary has unprecedented offers like no luxury tax on 2023 Taycan models and 3.99% lease rates on 2023 and 2024 models, plus Macan S and GTS 2023 and 2024 models are available with 6.99% lease rates for up to 42 months. Offers end December 31st. Visit PorscheCenterCalgary.com. Let's uh, get back on the text line at 960-960. And there's still plenty of uh, questions to get to and still plenty of time for you to get your questions in. uh, Are we in rapid-fire mode quite yet? Not quite. quite. You let let me know. I'll be ready. Until we get into uh, rapid-fire mode. Um, what else we got here? This, uh, okay. This says, how about trying Huberdeau back with Lindholm and Sharon Govich? 
Manjapani with Backland, still a good shutdown line. That's at 969.60. You know, I don't mind that idea um, at some point. I mean, basically, you'd be flip-flopping a couple of wingers who are struggling right now. Uh, Lindholm, Sharon Govich have formed something. Sharon Govich has been the guy maybe most dynamic on that line. Backlund and Coleman with Mangiapane, with Huberdeau, doesn't seem to matter. They remain a really reliable line. If at some point they wanted to try that, Wes, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. I I know... Uh-oh. I knew I smelled something burning. I, I know Jonathan Huberdeau and Nazem Kadri have mixed, like, oil and water so far. But hear me out. What about Huberdeau, Kadri... And Connor Zary, we know Martin Pospisil can be a nice fit on that line with Coleman and Backlund. Why not try that sure. for a game or two and see if getting plugged in beside two guys who are brimming with confidence these days might kind of drag that out of Jonathan Huberdeau a little? Sure. I, I have no problem with that either. I know that there is kind of that almost virulent reticence to... Well, those two words back to back to to put Huberto and Kadri back together. I get it, but the way Kadri's playing right now, I'd be far more willing to try that again. I think I think the way Nazem Kadri is playing, and you throw Connor Zary in, who we talked ad nauseum about in a good way in the first hour of of Thursday's Flames talk. I think that could really help get a guy like Huberto going, and the dynamic nature of the way Kadri and Zary are playing. Huberto's ability to find them, maybe those would be, especially Kadri's north-south game of late. I, I'm i actually super intrigued by that, to be perfectly honest with you. I, I think it's worth a try. Those are the two most dynamic forwards on the team right now, Nazem Kadri and Connor Zeri. And how many people have screamed about, for good reason, Jonathan Huberto needs dynamic guys to play with? Not a knock on Coleman or Backlund, but I don't know if... They'd be the first to tell you. I don't know if dynamic's the word that I'd use to describe myself most. Zeri, Kadri, yeah, I think so. I, 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 I'm fascinated by it, and I know, you know, both Connor Zeri and Nazem Kadri would certainly miss Martin Pospisil's puck retrieval. They'd miss his forechecking. Those aren't what I would consider fortes of Jonathan Huberdeau's game. But I, I just think as the Calgary Flames continue to search for solutions to get more and specifically more offense out of Jonathan Huberto. I think it's worth a try. And I know I didn't answer the question, but that's the lineup tweak I'd consider. Uh, this reads, uh, speaking with a number of Avalanche fans, as I'm a frequent Denver traveler, I think the consensus is they'd be pretty okay with a first Cal Ritchie, who they just drafted, and a cap dump, possibly, so they can go even further into the rental market. Uh, so if that were to be the case, if Lindholm, and, and I know uh, Pierre Lebrun over the Athletic just linked Lindholm again to the Avalanche and also linked him to the Boston Bruins, said probably closer to the deadline is when he'd get moved. But if that were to be the case, if the Flames had to take back, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a contract that that might I don't think Colorado's eager to cough up Josh Manson, but if Sam Gerard does end up coming back, maybe they're willing to do that. Maybe it's a Ryan Johansson, uh, something like that. If you had to take a cap dump and you got Cal Ritchie in a first, I would be looking for maybe another pick in that mix to help. Like if you could get a third or a fourth 
to help offset. You're like, okay, yeah, yeah we're also taking back a bad contract. Got to give us something else. Yeah, Cal Ritchie first and something else with a bad contract for Lindholm. Maybe you have to give something else up in that mix. That'd be that'd be a big time conversation for me. And that's more not not to pile on the the Bo Byram rumors, but that's more the sort of package that I see the Avalanche being willing to offer for a guy that they think can help right now. And and that that is whether they lock up Lindholm to an extension or they, you know, I, I might guess that they just play out the season and, and see how it works there. You know, this is this is a team with some cap some cap crunch to say yeah. the least. But yeah, that that's the sort of package that I could see Elias Lindholm fetching for sure. Um, this says what's left on the Markstrom contract. Why not trade him and get lots back and have Wolf and Vladar that comes from Kevin. I don't think that that is a, a full on impossibility. I just find it harder to believe that it gets done this season prior to March 8th. If that were to be a conversation and, and you, Derek and I had a conversation about this last week. I want to believe, uh, I want to say rather, um, about, whether or not having a conversation with Jacob about the direction of this team is something that needs to happen. And I do think it's something that needs to happen at some point. I just don't think it makes a ton of sense in season. Whereas I think if moving Jacob Markstrom becomes a conversation they want to have, that to me feels like an off season conversation. You know, the, and thanks Kevin for the text. So to answer the first part of the question, what's left on that deal is two more seasons at $6 million per. And, and I guess the sort of unfortunate part, if you're considering trading Jacob Marstrom, is the fact that there's two at six left on that deal is probably going to prevent you from the second part of the text message, the text, which is get lots in return. I, I don't know that you're you're expecting to get gobs of return for a goaltender who has $12 million left on his deal. And that's coming from someone who sat here yesterday and raved about the way that Jacob Marston's in play. Now, I don't think we're talking about a giveaway, but I, I think we need to be realistic in what your expectations would be, depending on how much salary you're willing to eat if you're trading away a goalie with that sort of financial commitment remaining. But where you and I, Pat, disagree on this topic is... I think it does make sense to explore it at the deadline because of the number of contending or wannabe contending teams that have a serious goaltending issue right now. And I'm now. not saying they shouldn't explore it. Sure. I just feel like it's unrealistic is all. Yeah, and I, I believe just because we've seen what happens every year towards the deadline, you know, there becomes a little bit of an arms race at certain positions and and teams start to feel a pinch. And I do think because of the term still owed to Jacob Marston, I, I think your best chance of trading him might be when a, a GM is sitting there thinking, man, if we don't, if we don't make a goalie move, we're going to miss our chance this year. And, and that's where I think the Calgary flames might find a taker. Hmm. I still like the idea of Jacob Markstrom being the veteran mentor to Dustin Wolf. But if you're, curious what you can get for him and if Jacob has quietly indicated that he's not super interested in a, a rebuild scenario 
I think those conversations are important to have. I want to read these back-to-back because they truly are back-to-back on our text queue. Uh, so first, Dustin in Chestermere. How many years did it take to get a true number one goalie, and how hard was that? And then how many years did it take to get top four defensemen, and how many years did it take to get a number one center to trade those players away to get draft picks could put them back further another 10 years. Look at Anaheim, five years of picks, and they're no further ahead. That comes from Dustin and Chestermere, who's like, well, hold on a second. Maybe don't be so eager to trade these guys away. And then this, no name on the text, but literally came in at the exact same time, both at 5.31 p.m. on our text queue. And it says, the Flames should move all the UFA players, even if in the hunt. It doesn't remove them from the hunt, but lets younger players take more responsibility, and they'll probably get a few vet back, vets back for cap reasons anyways. So it's interesting to see those come in back to back. One person who is full on, doesn't matter, trade them. Other person who's like, well, hold on a second. These guys are valuable players. Should we just be so quick to move on from them if we're Flames fans? I, I, I just I wanted to read those back to back because I do, do think that it encapsulates somewhat of the differing sides in the conversation. And I, I don't know what the split would be percentage wise of this amount of fans percentage of fans want to move on. This percentage of fans believe that re-signing some or all of the UFAs is the way to go. I just, I don't think it's a full on all black or all white, white conversation with this. I think there are, there are some differing views on it out there. Yeah. And you know what? It's such a great point. So, you know, as was mentioned on the text line, how long, had they been looking for, I believe it was a, a starting, like a legit starting goalie, top four defenseman, and a legit top line center, right? And so that is sort of saying, well, what happens if you trade Lindholm, Tanev, Hannafin, and Jacob Marsham? Or or even perhaps just one of Tanev and, and Hannafin. And the point is is absolutely valid, and, and that's what the Calgary Flames management Craig Conroy and Don Maloney and everyone else in hockey ops at the Saddledome has to be wrestling with is that, you know, if you're trading that, that sort of impact off your roster, right? Let, let's say you trade Markstrom, Tanev and Lindholm, throw Hannafin in there too. You, if you trade that sort of impact, you're not in a quick retool. You're rebuilding. You're rebuilding just because of the amount of talent you just took off your roster. And that's when we sit and debate, well, what direction are they going to go? I'm not sure there's as much middle ground as some people want to be. If you are trading guys of that caliber and that quantity of guys of that caliber, suddenly you've got some absolutely glaring holes on your roster. And it's tough to fill those. It's tough to fill those in the trade return you get immediately, but it's even tough to fill those in the seasons that follow. Mm-hmm. And I do think it would put them into a certain different category for a couple of years. Yeah. I don't think it has to be a long number of years, but a couple of years. Now, the flip side of that equation is if you keep those guys and, and with that current core, you've been a mediocre team. Well, does that just buy you a few more years of mediocrity? And then you're sitting there at the end of it saying, geez, maybe we should have taken that opportunity to rebuild. So yeah. when I say you're leaving gaping holes, please don't don't interpret that as me saying you can't trade these guys. They have to keep all of them. That's not what I'm vouching for. It's just 
let's be prepared for what the short-term future of the Calgary Flames might look like if they make those significant decisions. All right, now we're into rapid-fire mode. There's All right. Fun ones. I'm uh, ready. Ryan says, can you please put every Flames player on the naughty or nice list and what they each deserve for Christmas? No. Not right now. Maybe we'll get into something similar on Friday's show. Do one. Um, naughty or nice list, hey? I think that uh, I got nothing for you on this one. You, let, let me think about that as we go through them. See if I can. You know, they, this is too easy and really a cop-out, but I'm putting Blake Coleman on the nice list. Seven-game point streak means way more to this team than he ever gets credit for. Blake Coleman, nice list. I'll go with Jacob Markstrom, nice list. Been much less surly with us in the media this year. It's been very jovial. I, I think he has been yeah. cracking jokes. And I... Dennis Gilbert, naughty. No no person who's not on the naughty list would fight Tanner Janot. Hung in there, too. Did just fine against them. Okay, this from Jarrett. Could they get Josh Manson in a Lindholm trade? Maybe. Like, that could be a veteran that comes back in the conversation. Sure. I don't know. Like, Colorado coveted him mm-hmm. when they went out and got him prior to their cup run in 2022. But, I mean, if they're going, if they go out and get another defenseman elsewhere, I could see Manson being a guy they move to make cap work. He's 30-plus. He's, right now, he's kind of straddling second pair, third pair, depending on the game. For the Avalanche, um, good player. I've always appreciated him. One of the best interviews on the planet. Um, so I'd love him here. Uh, but yeah, I don't think that's completely out of the question. That just wouldn't be your main trade piece if you're moving Lindholm to Colorado. No, it's for at least from my vantage point, it doesn't make sense to target a 32-year-old defenseman in a, a trade of a guy who you need to be cashing in for future assets. Now, would you gladly take... Josh Manson, if necessary, to make the contract work because, quite frankly, he replaces some of, of that presence and leadership that you'd be missing if you trade Chris Tanev? Absolutely, but that can't be what the package no, I agree. is built around. Uh, this one, no name on it, but, oh boy. Huberdeau plus Markstrom with 50% retained for Timo Meyer and Andre Palat, 25% retained. The cap works out equal. Could you imagine a Huberdo with Jack Hughes on a power play? The cap works out equal there, hey? Well, Meyer's got a huge deal, too, yeah. and he's been a big flop so far yeah. in New Jersey, right? So that would have to be the type of deal. You'd, you'd have to be prepared trading Markstrom and not getting a return on it if right. you were also going to be moving Huberdo in a deal like that. But That's a blockbuster. But really, neither team's getting quote-unquote assets. They're both moving out yeah, problem contracts. Reclamation. And Meyer's younger, so New Jersey's getting the better of the deal by getting the number one they desperately need in Markstrom. You're getting Meyer to help you. Yeah. Actually quite creative and doesn't... <laughs> yeah, full marks. Uh, Pat, why are we adamant about keeping Lindholm always on the first line? Yes, I know he's the number one center, but is he really playing like one? He doesn't want to be here, so let's try on and teach someone else the position when he leaves. Well, right now, I think that even if Kadri, even if Lindholm moves on, I think you're comfortable with Backlund and Kadri as your centers going forward. Um, and right now, I don't think they have a number one line. Like when we tweet out lines, I guess I always default with Lindholm at the top, but they've got. 
they don't really have a number one line right now. It's kind of depending on the game is who the number one line is. And more often than not, of late, it's been the Kadri line that I would default to as being that line. Sometimes it's the Backlund line. Unfortunately, not enough has it been the Lindholm line. But I don't think they have a number one line right now. I, uh, I've been meaning to write about this, and, and I asked them a little bit about it yesterday. The reason that I always refer to Elias Lindholm as the number one center on this team this season is that he's averaging almost 21 minutes a game. Elias Lindholm's playing a minute more than not his career average, a minute more than he's ever played in a season in his career. In his yeah. career. This is a guy that Ryan Huska trusts as his workhorse down the middle and that's why I always describe him as the number one center is he always you know is that line always the Calgary Flames best line no but when you put them in order that's why I always have Lindholm at the top great stuff on our Flames Talk mailbag little pre-Christmas edition of it thanks for uh, hanging out with us if you're listening live thanks for all the great texts if we didn't get to yours apologies. We'll do it again in a couple of weeks. Once we're into the new year, uh, we'll do another Flamestock mailbag as we start to wrap things up this hour. I wanted you to know I had you on my nice list until I found out you hadn't seen Christmas Vacation. Yeah. That was at the end of last hour, the first hour of uh, this Thursday edition of Flamestock. I may never live that down. Some stunning revelations in hour one. He's uh, Wes Gilbertson on Twitter at Wes Gilbertson. Thanks to Taylor and Cam, our producers. That'll wrap us up on the Sports Drive, brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. This Christmas, give the gift of security with smart locks and safes. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com.